This is Lifetime Sentence, the podcast where we watch bad Lifetime original movies and compare them to the truly heinous stories that inspired them. Because sometimes the truth really is stranger than fiction. Hey, so how's it going? Well, I'm just staring at our merch page. Our merch page. Like some kind of weirdo. I know. (laughs) How exciting is this? I'm pumped. I need this bag right now. Right? So for those of you who are not patrons, A, what are you doing with your lives? No. Um, but B, uh, our merch store is going live this week. For Patreon members, it's already up and live. And mm-hmm. um, for members who are not at our, um, people who are not in our Patreon, um, it will go live for you on Friday. You will be able to find links to it on our website, lifetimesentence.com. Mm-hmm. And our Instagram at Lifetime Sentence. And Twitter at Life Sentence Pod and on our Facebook page, facebook.com slash Lifetime Sentence. I'm going to plug us twice this week. Yes. Like um, the professional that I am. Yeah, you'll find And it if you're up. not on our Patreon, you need to get on it because what's going to happen this weekend, Paul? I get to see you in person. We'll be in the same room. I'm so excited. And so we're for sure going to go. So part of the $5 level of Patreon gets you access to our close friends on Instagram, which means that when we go live to our close friends this weekend, when we're probably going to be wasted, or at least I will be. I hope to be. <laughs> uh, yeah. You'll get to see us. You'll, yes. <laughs> and it'll be kind of like a question and answer session. Ask us anything. Watch us goof around. Um, yes. whatever, like kind of free form, just two friends getting to be in the same room together. So get on that patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. Also I'm excited. I'd like to point out, like I said, um, it opens Friday. And one of the things that you can see this Friday is our official weaponize your privilege, uh, merchandise and <laughs> a portion of the sales from all of the weaponize your privilege, um, products will go toward um, designated Black Lives Matter organizations. Um, We will be making regular donations to organizations that are affecting change in our society. And um, we're grateful that you will be part of that. Yeah, and I think we're going to start with uh, putting those proceeds to the Black Lives Matter movement, but we'll also pick up other um, things from month to month, like um, LGBTQ issues, other things, um, so that you know that we are supporting and doing our part Absolutely. to support and the um, to weaponize our privilege and support people who need it. And we are not aware of everyone that is doing good work. So if you have an, an organization you feel very strongly about, DM it to us, add us on Twitter, <laughs> whatever you need to, to bring it to our attention so that we can look at it and, um, and learn more about it also. Please do. Cause I also want to start like doing a little, you know, a little blurb about who we're donating to and, and what they do. So Fun times. Fun times. I'm so excited. I don't ever want to stop looking at this page. Right? (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Um, 
We also, so we are still growing this merch store uh, little by little. We've got Paging Dr. Sarah merchandise. We've got Weaponize Your Privilege. Uh, and there is a um, a logo vinyl sticker, a decal, st- like a custom decal sticker. Um, mm-hmm. We're working on getting a sticker that um, obviously says, I need a clonopin and a nap, um, as well yeah. as some other merchandise with that. Um, and obviously... Aaron and I have been talking about how I think it's time that you have to pick who you are, a team Aaron or a team Paul. And, <laughs> and so we, no. you may even see in the store a um, eat your vegetables shirt, as you should obviously buy. Or a charge your phone shirt, which you should obviously buy because you need a full charge wherever you go so you can outrun a serial killer. Your vegetables aren't going to help you there. Sorry. I would beg to differ that <laughs> that actual argument. I'm going to say uh, no because 100% of my phone does not make my janky legs work. <laughs> <laughs> I think it was on My Favorite Murder where I heard they talk about you should always have like more than a quarter tank of gas so you can get somewhere if you're being followed or something. Uh huh. That's And so right. I'm like, you should also have a full charge on your phone. That's what I'm saying. Okay. I'll take that. <clears throat> no, broccoli will not let the cops find you. If you're trying to call 911, that florette will do nothing they for will not you. Did I ever tell you the story about my aunt? Did she call 911 on a broccoli florette? No, but she did call 911 on a highway. She was being followed by someone And she was alone. She used to travel a lot for her job and she was being followed. And so like she, you know, did some like turnabout things to make sure the guy was following her. And then she called um, the authorities and the lady was, so the 911 dispatcher was like, don't worry. Cause it was like a desolate stretch of highway. She was like, don't worry. They're on their way. I need you to just go ahead and speed up. And she's like, well, I'm already going to speed limit. And she's like, just speed up. And so she speeds up to like 95 miles per hour. And the guy is like right on her tail. And so a state trooper just came and pulled him over for speeding. (laughs) That is wonderful. (laughs) It's a pretty funny story. I love that. Also terrifying. (laughs) Um, Well, I think, Erin, that I forgot something very important. Okay. And that is to tell everyone here that this is Lifetime Sentence, and I'm ecstatic that we have a merch store. So am I, and I'm Erin, too, just in case you didn't know. No, I'm just (laughs) ecstatic that we have a merch store. That's my full name now. I've changed it. Oh, and I have teal hair. Yes, you, you do have teal hair. And excuse me, I love it. Thank you. I have purple hair. You have teal hair. We are just rocking out right now. We absolutely are. <sighs> so speaking of the colors of the rainbow, why don't I tell you about this movie? Um, should we explain why we picked this particular movie? Uh, sure. Um, we picked this movie. Actually, Lifetime ran this movie last year during Pride Month. And we had already chosen a movie to cover during Pride Month. So we went ahead and saved this one for this year because June is Pride Month. And um, I, and conversion therapy is bad. I, yes. I'm like, I don't even have words. So, yes. Oh, um, while the world is a dumpster fire, um, it really is. we're just reminding that there are 
dumpster fires on top of dumpster fires and inside of dumpster fires. And when you move the fire, there's another fire. So <laughs> pretty much little fires everywhere. Very good book, by the way. <laughs> oh goodness. All right. So this week I watched trapped the Alex Cooper story. It stars Addison Holly as Alex. She's from in the dark, the good witch Anna droids, and she does a ton of voiceover work on like Nickelodeon shows and like kid shows. Okay. Um, which is really impressive because she's very young. Well, to me, she's very young. She's probably like in her teens, late teens, early twenties. That's still very young. Yeah. Um, Nicolette Pierce. She plays Frankie. She is in Burden of Truth, Cardinal, uh, Virgin River. That show on Netflix. That's a very Hallmarky type show. Okay. Um, Nurses and Kim's Convenience, which looks like it's supposed to come out in the fall. It looks like maybe a pilot for a show. Okay. Although pilot season is totally screwed up, so who knows? Right. Um, Ian Lake, he plays Johnny. Um, he is in The Art of Racing in the Rain. Mary Kills People, and um, a performance of Macbeth. And he'd be really hot if he was not the fucking worst in this movie. Great. I hate it. <laughs> um, Sarah Booth, she plays Tiana, which, first of all... That's not how you name. pronounce that name. No, but that's what they call her. Tiana. Stupid. Uh, <laughs> she... Is in the scare house, last call, deadfall, and the bold type. So what you're telling me is they really stretched their budget to get some real A-list actors here. I've not heard of a single well, one of them. They do have one actor who I love, but I'm saving him for last. Paul Abdul. Oh, you said him. Yes, I did say him. Uh, Stephen Joffe, he plays Jason. Um, he's an Elias Grace uh, slasher and Frequency, which Elias Grace is a pretty popular show. Okay. Um, and finally, we have Wilson Cruz. He plays a lawyer, and if you don't know him as Ricky from My So-Called Life, I'm ending oh, this call so you can watch I, yes, it. Yes, <laughs> I do know My So-Called Life. Okay. I love My So-Called Life. Oh. Okay. He is, like, the best gay ever. I love him. He can do no wrong. Don't let me down, Rick. Wilson. Please. <laughs> I'm going to say, as of today, June 23rd, 2020, he has not done wrong that I am aware of. <laughs> Yikes, it's bad that we've got a timestamp. I know. Um, it opens on Alex running down a dark street while a hymn plays in the background. Nothing creepy about that at all. Um, she dodges a car driving by and then steps out in front of a moving bus with her hands up. I choose to believe right now that the only music in this movie are hymns. Like they couldn't even break for like some suspense mu music or like just one lone violin in the background. There is some suspense music, but there are a lot of hymns I and they're hymns much. that I don't know because these people are Mormons. So, um, <clears throat> flashback to a church where everyone is still singing that creepy hymn. Excellent. Great. I hate um, it. 
The preacher talks about his friend who died after struggling with demons and not going to church and how living with our families is a privilege that must be earned by living the way God wants us to and making the right choices. And I already called bullshit on that whole sermon. Yeah, I don't want it. If you think as a parent that your kids live with you as a privilege when they are under the age of 18, do everyone a favor and don't have kids. Holy crap. Um, Alex and another girl are making faces at each other in the congregation. Um, we cut to Alex and her friend Daniela from church at school. They're talking about cleaning recycling bins and Alex gets distracted by two cheerleaders walking down the hall holding hands. But they're not together. This is not a progressive school. They're going to meet their boyfriends. Um, Alex Alex's friend catches her staring and thinks that she's staring at the boys, so she makes fun of her. Um, so the kids, and I want to stress again, as I will multiple times, that these are children. The they're, fact that you have to preface this right now really worries me for the rest of the movie. They're children oh my god i can't um just the fact that this is based on a true story which i know that's the premise of this podcast but it just makes me ill um, <laughs> i was fixing to say hey Aaron, let me tell I you know. a secret <laughs> <laughs> now to be fair the preacher's daughter was not real so however this week's my favorite murder or like or maybe it was a couple weeks ago now <laughs> was one of the cases that i covered in that and then I was real right. mad because she covered it better than me, but Aww. that's okay. What was the other one that wasn't real? The twins that switched places. That movie made me so mad <laughs> because remember how they stayed, the husband and the twins stayed together uh -huh. and just never told the kids? Yeah. <laughs> that is so fucked up. Okay. Um, the kids go to their friend's house and her sister introduces them. Um... introduces them to her girlfriend and the and the friend Daniela says if her parents found out about her sister having a girlfriend they would totally flip um one of the girlfriend's friends comes over Frankie and Alex has a crush on her Alex tries to flirt with Frankie and it's adorable um, they don't have a lot in common except they hate the town they live in which can bond you for life I was really. say <laughs> Frankie and Alex end up hitting it off and Frankie tells Alex that she's gay and wants them to be friends, which I think means something like, I want to mush my mouth parts against your mouth parts. So, yay. If you could never say those words again in that order. <laughs> oh, cute montage of them doing coupley things like painting and decorating for Earth Week and watching movies, etc. They all go bowling and Frankie and Alex talk about religion. Frankie suddenly... Like, hey, let's go to L.A. It's only two hours away. And everyone else begs out. So it's just her and Alex. They hold hands because they get in the car and Frankie's like, can I hold your hand? Oh, I love young relationships. Like Me to not too. sound creepy, but like the budding of a new relationship is always so sweet. Like your first love is like, uh-huh. Okay. So they drive down the PCH, they go to the pier, they walk on the beach. It's kind of the best first date ever. Um, Alex says she wishes this was the real world, and Frankie tells her that they can have this. All she has to do is say yes. So they kiss, and nothing bad happens. They live happily ever after. The end. Thank God. 
Just kidding. Alex comes home the next morning and finds the police in her living room with her parents. Her parents found out she wasn't at Daniela's, so they naturally flipped out. They ask her if she was partying or drinking, and she says no. Alex apologizes, but her parents are super pissed. They send her to her room until further notice. At school, Daniela is no longer speaking to Alex. Um, She and Daniela's sister have a conversation where they both insist that they're totally not gay. They're totally going to get married to boys in the church. Not gay. Good. Super not gay. Good. Already checks (laughs) Um, out. Alex texts Frankie that she wishes that she was there with her. And Frankie tells her to look out the window. And it's Frankie outside in her Jeep. Like say anything style, giant boombox. Yes. yes. But she has a she has a pinwheel from the fair. Oh. Shut up, I'm dead. And <laughs> then they live happily ever after. And I can just trash my notes. Yeah. Uh, Frankie texts her that she promises to have her home before the cops come this time. So Alex sneaks out to see her. They go to Frankie's house and make out. They talk about church and how Frankie doesn't want Alex to feel horrible because of her. Um, they talk it out and then make out some more. The next morning, Alex comes downstairs and her parents ask her where she was last night. They ask if she was out with that boy again. And her mother says, I assume he's a non-member. No, not a non-member <laughs> mother. Well, they have another thing coming right. <laughs> I, um, They see a hickey on her neck and totally lose their shit. But Alex is like, can everyone chill out? I wasn't having sex with a guy. I'm just gay. Um, and this, unfortunately, does not have the effect that she wants it to. Um, Alex says she likes girls. And her mom says, no, you don't. So clearly this is the worst thing that has or ever could have happened to her parents. Um, They kick her out. Alex calls Frankie and Frankie offers to let her stay with her. But Alex says no, because her parents know that Frankie is over 18 and are trying to figure out who she is so they can have her arrested. My God. Alex goes to Daniela's house. Um, Cut to two weeks later. Alex is still at Daniela's and they're still they're all eating breakfast. When Daniela's dad announces that Alex's parents are coming to pick her up and take her to Utah to stay with her grandparents for a while. So her parents come pick her up and they don't speak to her the whole way to Utah, which is like extra mean. That checks out. Alex sneaks to the bathroom at a gas station to call Frankie and let her off the hook. But Frankie is all in on Alex. It's so cute. They're like, I'll see you in a few weeks. Oh. Um, the next morning, the family arrives at not her grandmother's house. Alice, a- Alex asks where they are, and nobody speaks to her again. She asks over and over what's happening, and everyone just ignores her. Alex locks herself in the car and tries to call Frankie while some random dude named Johnny bleh, opens the car and forces her out, telling her not to make it harder than it needs to be. Um, her parents brought her to hell. Um, right. A.K.A. Some kind of conversion camp. Johnny and Tiana, the owners, operators, and child abusers, tell her if she works the program and gets better, she can be home in three months. If she doesn't work the program, she can be there for three years. It's all up to her. So Alex is like, "Mm, I'm just not going to do this. Um, Yeah, same. 
And they tell her it's not her choice. And by the way, they know every police officer, judge, school counselor, and authority figure in town. So not to get any fresh ideas. Well, what do you fucking do? Yeah. She begs her parents not to do this, but her parents just sign over custody of her to these complete strangers no leave her there that's not a thing you're watching the wrong movie now i wish i was watching the wrong movie um so they first they go through all the thing, all of her things and they take all her stuff away they give her new clothes to wear they show her her to her room which is just a mattress on the floor and then the man stands in the doorway and explains the rules while she changes clothes, which I feel like is worse than being a lesbian. But what do I know? That's, uh-huh. That's what I was just about to say. The rules are that she's not allowed to talk to the kids like they're actual kids. Because they have actual kids. Not just ones that they're trying to convert. Oh, like their personal children. Mm-hmm. Those poor kids. I know. Um, she's not allowed to take anything that's not hers. They, she has to do what they say and she'll be fine. Not that she has to not forget. They know everyone in town and everyone trusts them. So it's her word against theirs. The more uncomfortable she is, the more she'll grow. Heavenly father never gives us burdens that are too great to bear. And remember that on the hard days. And I'm like, I'm sorry. If one of your rules is, we know everyone in this town, so don't get any ideas to tell on us. What you're doing is probably illegal. Yep. Additionally, so many people say that shit out of context that there is nowhere in the Bible it says God doesn't give you more than he can handle. So if somebody tells you that, you need to run. Yeah, it's not true. Um, not that she can. I'm so- not saying she did anything wrong. I'm just saying for future reference, anybody listening. Yeah, I'm just saying that that's not a thing that's in the Bible. Right. Yeah. Um, she's allowed to speak to her parents once a week if she acts right. And then once Johnny and Tiana decide they can trust her, they may take her to church with them. But even then, her grandparents won't be allowed to talk to her because change is hard and she needs to focus. Um, Sir, so you can focus on this one. And ma'am, mm-hmm. this one's for you. Again, this can last for three months or until she's 18 since they have custody of her. Holy fuck. Um, so the dad goes and plays Xbox while everyone else ignores Alex. So Alex asks to go back to her room. The next morning she wakes up and Johnny is asleep on the couch. They all get in the car to go to the alternative school, and Alice, Alex asks how far away they are from her grandparents' house. Tiana turns around and says, quote, I work with youth services. I've met 10-year-olds sneakier than you. Okay, now how many miles is it to my fucking grandma's house, you dumb bitch? No, they're not going to tell her, so that way she no, can't run I'm away. I'm well aware. Yeah. I can't imagine why children would feel the need to feel the natural indication inclination to lie to this woman. I don't either. I don't get it. She seems so open and welcoming at school. Tiana gets her all signed up for school. After they sign up, they go eat and Alex asks to go to the bathroom. She borrows a phone in the bathroom from the cleaning lady and calls Frankie. Um, 
she's like speaking really quickly, like I've been kidnapped. I'm like being held against my will. Da da da. And Tiana bursts into the bathroom and drags Alex out of the restaurant while people just sit there and watch. No, no, all of you, all of you people are canceled. Everyone. I was like, what the fuck? Um, she screams for help, and again, nobody even looks at her. Uh, can you quieten down, little girl? I'm trying to enjoy my eggs. Mm-hmm. Back at home, Alex sits in her room. Johnny comes in and punches her in the stomach and tells her that he warned her not to misbehave. Does it give their address in the movie? I'm just... I'm just asking for no reason at all. It does not. Um, Johnny, so later they have family time. Um, Johnny asks the whole family, including the other kids they're trying to convert and their own children, why Alex could be there. And the little kids, so like Johnny and Tiana's own children, come up with like tons of reasons. They're like, oh, did she steal something? Did she get arrested? And this is where I realized that poor little Johnny Appleseed has himself a bit of a pill problem. Um, Because he's been complaining about his back hurting and now he's just like popping pills. Right. Which as a person who suffers from um, pretty severe back and neck pain from um, poor reasons. Right. uh, the, The judgment of anyone assuming that, you know, I'm just looking for drugs goes both ways. So Right. Um, do, do, do. Johnny tells them that she just made bad choices and got confused and now she thinks she's gay which is a choice that some people make but that's not how Heavenly Father created us he talks about the plan of salvation and how choosing to be gay makes it impossible for her to get to, into the celestial kingdom if anyone's asking Johnny which no one is he doesn't see why God would love her at all now but he's a forgiving God and he doesn't want Alex to be all alone in the darkness forever he and Tiana just want to help her so she doesn't have to suffer oh how kind and gracious of you hmm Alex writes to Frankie in her journal, and we see the days pass by. Day 11, day 23, day 31, day 44. She cooks and does schoolwork. Her journal voiceover says she wishes her parents could just love her the way she is. They watch sermons on television. Day 67, they finally take Alex to church. She sees her grandparents, who don't even look in her direction. No. I I, I can't. Um, after church, Alex and Johnny go to the grocery store. Alex tries to pass a note to the lady in line that she's in trouble, but Johnny catches her and beats her with his belt in the parking lot. Uh, nope. Don't like that. Later, they have family time again. Um, Johnny and Tiana make all the, quote, bad kids tell them what they did to get them in their, to get in their home. Um, Henry thanks. Johnny and Tiana for helping him learn the way the Heavenly Father wants him to be you. So does Damon, who apparently either had to go there or go to jail, which seems wrong, and also he probably should have just gone to jail. Um, Alex says she fell in love, and Johnny Appleseed is like, what should we call her anyway? A dyke? A lesbo? A homo? No, sir. No. mm, Nope. Finally, Alex says her name is Frankie, 
And they're like, Frankie who? She's older, isn't she? She saw a troubled girl and took advantage of you. Um, uh, Alex says if it was up, for, up to her, she wouldn't be there at all. So Johnny and Tiana pack a backpack full of rocks and make her carry it around to represent the spiritual burden of homosexuality. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I remember that being in chapter none of the Bible. What the fuck is wrong with you people? Did you know that? Um, well, I'm sure you know this, but so the word homosexuality is actually never used in the Bible. The closest Greek translation of that word is rapist. Yes. What they what they translated into homosexuality, the actual translation is rapist. Yes. So everybody can take their Bible and shove it up their ass. Yeah, and the only- when it comes to when it comes to using it to right be mean so here's the thing and i'm about to get on my soapbox and i don't i try not to soapbox especially about religion but like i am very firm in my religious beliefs and i try very hard not to hoist them on anybody else not to force them down anyone's throats and i'm not going to right now what i am going to say is that anybody who takes a verse in isolation to justify their judgment of somebody, to justify their hatred of somebody, to justify their superiority over somebody is not a Christian. And what they are is a fucking liar. And I've got no time for them in my life. I am, I am working my hardest to spread love, to spread joy And to have people who completely undermine what I do because they want to take something in isolation because nothing Mm -hmm. in the Bible exists out of context. It is all contextual. But I I love, I saw this meme and I saved it. It says, I can do all things through a verse taken out of context. Second opinion, 315. Yep. I love that. Uh, Yeah. I, yeah, you know, the, the funny, you know, I'm not a, I struggle with my faith um, on the reg. I'm mostly, I think, agnostic. I think that's what I've settled into. Um, But because of the way I grew up and because of the church I grew up in, I can argue the Bible with the best of them. And it's really fun for me. (laughs) It's like one of my hobbies. I enjoy fighting with those people and pointing out that they're very stupid. It's It's great fun. It's just unacceptable. I mean, I know. I know the it people really who is. are listening here understand that and are with me. Mm-hmm. It <laughs> is. It's unacceptable. I mean, anyone that says God loves everyone except there's no except to that. So no. done and done. Um, shoot. Where was I? Wow. Okay. Sorry. Tangent. <laughs> so... Day 72, she's mopping with the backpack on. I wish she'd knock one of them in the head with it and make a run for it. She gets bruises all over her back and shoulders from carrying it around. They keep adding rocks to it until she decides to give them Frankie's last name. Day 87, Tiana takes Alex to the U-Center so she can, quote, see how good she has it. I was like, "Um, no. Day 94, Johnny takes Alex to see her parents and grandparents for Thanksgiving. Alex's parents are working on moving to Utah to be closer to her, and Alex begs her parents to just take her home, but they refuse because 
Wow. <laughs> Um, Alex tells her mom that they beat her, but her mom doesn't believe her. She's like, oh, am I supposed to believe you when you, like, drank that one time? Uh-uh. Um, Alex shows her the bruises, and her mom won't even look at them. Her mom just, like, puts her head in her hands, and she's like, we are trying so hard to help you. We won't live in eternity without you. Um, nah. Back over at Johnny and Tiana's, they confront Alex over asking her parents to take her home. Johnny gets in her face and tells her to give them Frankie's last name and address. Tiana tells her that Jesus was tempted, everyone is tempted, and now she has to wear the backpack all day facing the wall, which has nothing to do with being tempted. I don't understand her thought process. So, Alex does because Alex is better than all of us so um, of course it's extremely painful time passes it's terrible she starts praying to find a way out of the hell hole she's in day 99 day 105 day 110 day 118 um, Johnny invites a couple of missionaries over one of them actually seems concerned um, to see Alex like facing the wall with a backpack full of rocks you know because that's weird um, I don't and the other one understand is understand like, why they're concerned. This just seems yeah. perfectly normal. The other one's like, come on, there's food here. So they walk away. Oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. Day 122, Johnny is complaining about how much his back hurts while he lays on the couch with a heating pad. And I've had quite enough of his fucking whining. Right? He yells at... He yells at Tiana about how the physical therapist is useless. They tell Alex to go count food in the pantry so they can fight. And Alex finds his stash of pills. Day 127, she writes a letter to her parents about how much she loves them. And how do these monsters keep having all these people over and nobody says anything about the random kids they're torturing? No joke. Alex's letter is a suicide letter. It's her 16th birthday. She takes a shitload of pain meds, and I half want them to catch her because I don't want her to die, but I also don't want them to catch her because they'll probably kill her. Alex lays down and thinks about Frankie. She wakes up to Tiana and Johnny making her vomit in, the sh- in a cold shower, while Tiana yells about, How could you do such a thing? No, I can't imagine what would drive anyone to that. Day 137, Tiana takes Alex to the bishop to talk to her. He asks about her overdose, and Alex is like, uh, you mean my attempt to die by suicide? That's what you're talking about? Um, he asks if she's spoken to her parents since then, and she tells him about how they came to see her on Christmas and how her parents are so worried about the next life that they don't see her, they don't care about what's happening to her in this one. Alex begs the bishop to help her and tells him all the things that are happening to her. And he basically tells her to get over it and everything that ha- that's happening is okay. I want to find this church and burn it to the ground. Alex keeps standing at the wall. She writes Frankie a letter in her journal about how hard it is to keep doing this. And there are still 709 days until she's 18. No. So Alex finally goes to Tiana and says she's ready to quit. They try to be super nice to her now and say they just care about her and want her to get better. Um, She tells them Frankie's last name. 
After her shower, Alex can even look at herself in the mirror. Um, day 163, they're all having Bible study time. Day 177, she shovels the driveway. Day 186, she's studying the, vi- the Bible in voiceovers about how 52 days after she followed every single rule and told them she was straight whenever they asked. 77 days after she tells them Frankie's last name, they let her go back to school. She writes in her journal to Frankie about how sorry she is that she let her down and how Alex hoped that she, hopes that she's safe. Um, day 212, Alex gets another warning about how they know everyone before they send her to school. She meets a friend, and he's gay and fabulous, and he shows Alex all around. He, his name is Jason. I stand, Jason. Um she meets Carol Lynn, who is the English teacher, who's amazing and wonderful, but Alex gets spooked and runs off because she thinks that Tiana may know her, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, at home, Tiana recounts Alex's day to her like she didn't just live it. Good. Good. Alex. Um, oh, oh, oh. Alex tells him about maybe joining the environmental club and they give her the okay. So that's the, one of the clubs that Carol Lynn Okay. Um, runs back at school they're melting gummy bears which seems fun and not at all school like but who am I to judge um she asks Jason about how he came out or he asks she asks him about how he can be out in this school and he tells her about how it really sucks and he gets beat up all the time and the teachers just ignore it oh he talks about he talks about coming out to his mom which is like super sweet like aww. Oh. Um, Hold on real quick. This is actually pertinent to your podcast. Oh, it's pertinent to my podcast? Yes. you got to come talk louder. Uh, uh, this is apparently a paging Dr. Sarah moment right now. Hooray! My mother just asked me to explain why some of the shirts say weaponize your privilege. Oh, no! <laughs> and how'd that go? I got to the part where Amy was trying to tell her what it meant to be a Karen... And I noped out of the conversation. So my sister-in-law does listen to us. She texts me mm-hmm. right now. She's catching up. She texts me every day the things that oh, she's yeah. listening to. She she wants a Klonopin and a Nap shirt. Oh, yeah. We just discussed <laughs> how that's coming. I'm just working with designers still. Um, so she is apparently working on the front lines for us. But my mother-in-law, who does not listen to us and does not yet know how to re- uh, weaponize her privilege, can't understand why we'd have shirts that say, weaponize your privilege. <laughs> well you scared to the me because I was in the middle of crying because Aaron's story is real sad I don't want to hear a sad story <laughs> yeah I don't want to hear a sad story tonight either but here I am we should hear a happy story well we just had a good laugh at yours so <laughs> alright so I can provide some levity thanks bye, bye. yay um so Jason tells his little coming out story, which is like so cute. Ugh, I can't. Um, at home, Tiana and Johnny are still monsters in case anyone was wondering. Um, I, you know, I just figured that now they had uh, changed and they sing Kumbaya and also they died. Alex is at school and totally has like a moment. 
Um, she freaks out, charges into Carolyn's classroom where Jason is and tells her, tells him, I have a girlfriend. I'm not helping my grandparents. My parents sent me to live with these people who are trying to cure me from being gay. And then she sees Carolyn and is like, shit, because she still thinks that Tiana and Johnny may know her. Right. Um, Carolyn asks her to let them help her. And her friend is like, Jason, he's like, I should call Paul. He's an attorney. I know who will help. Alex is going to be late to class. So she's like, we'll call him tomorrow. This is totally fine. I've lasted this long. Um, the next day they call Ricky from my so-called life. Who's here to save everyone. I'm so excited. Um, And his name is what? Paul. It's what? The name of all saviors near and far. I'm making that Britney Spears face again. I know. The, the one right before um, she announced that she burned down her gym. And oh. No, it's the one she had on America's Got Talent. Oh. Like, <laughs> yep. That too. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex tells Ricky from My So-Called Life everything that's been going on. He offers to work with her for free and get her out of that shithole that she's in. She says she'll be fine that night and they'll talk the next day. Unfortunately... This also makes her late for her next class. That night at home, Johnny gathers them all the, around the table for confession time. All because she was late to class. I'm sure Carolyn wrote her a note, even. Tiana tells her she's an impressive liar, and they're pulling her out of school because she was late to class. <laughs> I don't see why this is an overreaction, Aaron. As a teacher... Late is unacceptable. If you're early, oh, you're on time. Also... If you're on time, you're late. And if you're late, you're pulled out of school forever. That's the rules. Oh, but they're also making her go back to the wall with the backpack. Well, that is the burden of being late. It is heavy and it is unacceptable. I'm done. I can't defend this. It's, yeah. It hurts my soul. Um, So she's looking at the wall while Johnny sleeps on the couch. What a douche. And Alex decides, fuck it, and makes a run for it. She runs down the street, stops the bus, and tells him that she just needs to get to school. The bus driver agrees to take her, but the school is locked when she gets there. Mm. She bangs on the door and goes around. Finally, she finds an open gate and hides behind a bush. The next morning, she runs into Carolyn's office and tells her everything. Carolyn tells Alex to trust her. She's not going to let anyone anything bad happen to her, and then marches her to the front office where she threatens to murder everyone in the school unless... They, if they call Tiana and Johnny, she's like, if you call these people, I will burn this school down. Good. I stand care. Really? She's just like, I'll make sure you go to jail. But <laughs> um, they go to the nurse's office. Carolyn and, and Jason sit with her. Alex is taken to a youth crisis center. She meets um, the lady there who asks how long she's been with Tiana and Johnny. 243 days. Holy fuck. The lady promises Alex that she is safe and there are a lot of people helping her and she's going to be okay. Um, The lady tells her that not all Mormons are like Tiana and Johnny and her parents and that they are not all okay with the things that have happened to her. She gives Alex a love is love speech and tells her she's perfect just the way she is. Um, The lady offers to call someone for her and the next morning she wakes up and Frankie is there. They run to each other in slow motion and hug. Quote, 
Sorry, I'm crying again. Stop. <laughs> I know. Qu- uh, quote, after months of legal battles in Utah, Paul and Alex won the right for Alex to live as an openly gay teenager. No one, not even her parents, could force her to return to conversion therapy. Alex and her parents have since reconciled. Alex's father has offered to walk her down the aisle someday should she marry the woman of her dreams. Every major medical and mental health organization in the United States has condemned conversion therapy. 33 states still allow forced conversion therapy of minors. LGBT youth are more than four times more likely to attempt suicide than their straight and cisgender peers. Those in highly rejecting families are eight times more likely than those in accepting families. The end. Oh my God. So. And they did. They didn't give any statistics on um, white versus people of color, but I assume that the the rate is actually is higher for people of color. Yes. And so um, those statistics are actually very hard to find because I looked for those specifically. Um, So, in fact, I did a lot of research on this particular movie, um, and it is actually very close to... Um, the memoir Saving Alex that it's based on. And so instead of telling this... I'm like going to cry now. I know. Instead of... What makes me the saddest is that I have a friend... I mean, again, I talked earlier about my extremely conservative religious upbringing. One of my best friends is gay, and he actually considered checking himself into conversion therapy. Oh, my God. Because he would have rather done that than be gay. Mm-hmm. That's just awful. He didn't. Um, so I know. You. I'm so. You've told me about your friend. I know. I told you that before. Yeah. Um. I. I. Have... But every time I think about that, I think I can't believe that you would think that people, and, and not just think he knows people would treat you so differently, that you would rather subject yourself to this abuse. Yeah. It's horrible. Um. Every year at Pride around pride i see the same meme that floats around facebook that's one of my personal favorites that says um happy pride if you come from a family where you're not supported just know i'm your mama now take your jacket mm-hmm. and eat your dinner like that's <laughs> yeah. that's 100 percent me um yeah. and i i hope and pray that as a teacher, I give off that vibe. I know this is not about me, but I have <laughs> been the teacher since I've started working that students come out to, even kids I don't yeah. teach, even kids I don't know. And I'm so grateful that they know that I'm a safe place. But also, it breaks my heart that they need a safe place to go to. Exactly. Um, what makes me so mad about this, too, is like, the win in court was for her to live as an openly gay teenager. Yeah. That she had to go to court to fight to just be the person that she is. That is insane. And I know, again, I speak from a place of privilege because I'm a white, basically straight woman. Right. Um, so since this movie was so close to the memoir and I didn't want to have to relive this awful story a second time, um, I have devoted my half to the history of conversion therapy in the United States. Um, because there are a lot of 
misconceptions and it lives under a lot of different guises. In fact, <laughs> um, Sarah was telling me the story of a friend who I won't give any details cause it's not my story to tell like it's anything identifying, right. but, um, who she was like, but it wasn't conversion therapy. They just asked and she's talked about all the like really invasive questions and like the convincing that this person tried to, and I was like, no baby, that was also conversion therapy. It was just labeled something different. Yeah. Um, so I have like a hundred sources this week. Um, the ones that I use the most are from history.com, of course, Wikipedia, the New York times, um, equalityutah.org, which is an organization that exists to help fight conversion therapy in Utah. And then the lgbtqmap.org. And so from Wikipedia, um, the, Definition of conversion therapy is the pseudoscientific practice of trying to change an individual's sexual orientation from homosexual or bisexual to heterosexual using psychological or spiritual interventions. There is no reliable evidence that sexual orientation can be changed and medical institutions warn that conversion therapy practices are ineffective and potentially harmful. You know, I've said this before on the podcast, but my favorite thing to do when people tell me that it's a choice is to ask like wait to them to tell me in detail when they made the choice to be yeah, straight. Like what date did you decide you, uh-huh. I asked that yeah, all the time. I need to know in detail, like the, the agonizing decision you made to be straight. Right, like, tell me all about did it. Did you make a pro con list or like, mm-hmm. was it a heads tail situation, a lost bet, uh, rock, paper, scissors. Right. <laughs> um, so just some, some statistics. Um, from several of the sources that I mentioned, um, a 2018 study from Dr. Caitlin Ryan at the Family Acceptance Project at San Francisco State University found that among LGBTQ youth, quote, attempts to change sexual orientation during adolescence were associated with elevated young adult depressive symptoms and suicidal behavior and with lower levels of young adult life satisfaction, social support and socioeconomic status. In particular, this study found that LGBTQ youth who are who reported that parents and therapists had subjected them to conversion therapy experienced more than double the rate of depression at 52% of teens who reported going through conversion therapy. Um, 52% of them experienced heavy depression and nearly a triple triple the rate of suicide attempts. So at 63%. A 2009 report from the American Psychological Association Task Force on Conversion Therapy found that survivors of this practice reported the following. Decreased self-esteem and authenticity to others. Increased self-hatred. Confusion, depression, guilt, helplessness, hopelessness, shame, social withdrawal, and suicidality. Which I didn't know was a word until right now. Um, Cool. An increase in substance abuse and high risk sexual behaviors and a feeling of being dehumanized and untrue to self. So I just want to talk a little, and now I speak from experience from a different um, type of trauma or whatever, but um, people talk about um, risky sexual behavior uh-huh. and it is it is less about being 
willing or whatever. And it's more about how you feel about yourself. Yes. And if you think that you're trash, if you think that you're garbage, if you think that um, you're not worth anything, you're more likely to engage in that type of behavior. Not It has nothing to do with you. It's because, it's because of how you see yourself. Absolutely. Um, there's also a subset. This particular study referred to a subset of um, gay young men who engaged in a lot of unprotected sex in hopes to contract uh, AIDS, HIV, to die of it. And so it would be a passive form of suicide that they were hoping for. Right. I just like, you know, I get really frustrated when people cite risky sexual behavior without explaining like the re- the reason right. why because it's it has nothing to do with like oh she's a whore or she's a slut or he's a you know whatever right it has nothing to do with that at all right absolutely um so the conclusions from this report stated quote and these are all quotes from it um an enduring change to a person's sexual orientation is unlikely and potentially harmful no duh Um, that we found no empirical evidence that providing any type of therapy in childhood can alter adult same-sex sexual attraction. Um, No empirical studies or peer-reviewed research support theories attributing same-sex sexual orientation to family dysfunction or trauma. Yeah, it's not a choice. Right. And then um, the Williams Institute at UCLA estimates that 698,000 LGBTQ adults... So those are adults who range 18 to 59 have uh, in the United States alone have received conversion therapy and about 350,000 of them were adolescents. Mm-hmm. I, okay. Um, so <sighs> conversion therapy actually dates all the way back to 1899 when a German psychiatrist named Albert von Schreck Notzing. <laughs> I just want to ask. I, have I a don't question. mean to laugh. Yeah. I have a question. Uh-huh. Does that mean that people didn't suddenly decide to be gay in the eighties? No. And that's where AIDS came from. No, listen, Aaron, you're, um, you're, you can't take empirical data and then extrapolate it into something that makes sense. That's not what we do in America. I thought the I thought the eighties became the rage in the or I thought uh, gay became the rage in the eighties. Like everyone just like let's be gay. And oh so yeah, and then again, and that's where AIDS came from, right? Well, and again now because the media says everyone's gay, that's why everyone's gay now. Duh. Yeah, and because some of them have gay parents, and so naturally they're gonna be gay too. Right. God. So never um, mind the fact that that your straight parents. <laughs> right. <laughs> Um, so I'm not going to attempt this German name again because I will do it a disservice a second time. And I tried it once and I knew better. Um, so I'm just going to go with Albert. So this German psychiatrist, Albert told an audience at a conference that, um, it was a hypnosis conference that he had turned a gay man straight. And all it took Aaron was 45 hypnosis sessions and a few trips to a brothel. Through hypnosis, he claimed, he had manipulated the man's sexual impulses, diverting them from his interest in men to a lasting desire for women. Did he, though? 
<laughs> so um, this is actually just 45 short sessions of hypnotherapy. Your 46 is free if, if you're not fully satisfied with with women. Only 45 payments of 99.99. Act fast and we'll double it. <laughs> oh, so, people are just so shitty. So, um, what he didn't know was that this kicked off this um, idea of conversion therapy. Um, so. Um, let's see. I repeated myself in, in, um, the definition of it. Um, it's dismissed obviously by medical establishments today, but it was widely practiced throughout the 20th century. Um, which ultimately just left shame, pain, and self-hatred in its wake. Um, so I know this is going to shock you, Mm, but I bet it is homosexuality, especially same sex relationships between men was also known as still is considered deviant, sinful, and even criminal for centuries. I can't even roll my eyes hard enough. You didn't have enough shit to deal with back in the, the 1500s. Right. Come on now. Right. This is why we have COVID-19 today because people were too worried about the gays, the gays. <laughs> Psychiatrist. I hate everything. Yep. Psychiatrists and doctors began to address it. Um, sorry, in the late 19th century, psychiatrists and doctors began to address homosexuality. They labeled same-sex desire in medical terms and started looking for ways to reverse it. Um, there are plenty of theories as to why people were homosexual. Um, for Eugene Steinock, who was an Austrian endocrinologist, homosexuality was rooted in a man's testicles. uh what about the woman nope no so that's the thing is women going through conversion therapy is a relatively new practice in the grand scheme of conversion therapy um so his theory led to it's gonna make me vomit to say it testicular transplantation experiments in the 1920s Ew. During which men were even so far as castrated and then given heterosexual testicles. I hate every word in that sentence. Uh-huh. Um, according to, this is an actual lab book that I read portions of. The Origins of no. Organ Transplantation, Surgery and Laboratory Science, 1880 to 1930. It was written by a man named Thomas Slitch. In one experiment, a man was put to sleep with anesthesia and was transplanted a portion of the testicle of a man, quote, with normal feelings. This transplant was done against the victim's knowledge. Like he was put under and was told he was being operated on, but he wasn't told what was happening to him. That is like a hundred times illegal. The lab report even went on to say that the man, quote, experienced sexual reorientation and that he had sexual impulse toward a woman, toward a woman 15 days later. And eventually he had sex with a woman and ended up marrying one. And I'm like, well, fuck. Yeah, he did. If I'd woken up from surgery with stitches in my scrotum and I knew that people were concerned about the fact that I liked men, I would have lied too, you dumb motherfuckers. 
no shit. Like, <laughs> that guy was like, let's not have that happen again. I'm going to go marry this lady. Right. <laughs> that poor guy. Oh, God. But, uh, also, I just want to ask again, do none of these people have better things to do? No. Mm-mm. Get a hobby. So others theorized that homosexuality was a psychological disorder instead. Uh, Freud, chief of which, hypothesized that humans are born innately bisexual and that homosexual people become gay because of their con- like the conditions surrounding their lives. Um, he did emphasize that homosexuality wasn't a disease per se, but many of his colleagues didn't agree. They began to use new psychiatric interventions in an attempt to cure gay people. And I say that with quotes because ain't nobody sick. I can't. Some LGBTQ people were given electroconvulsive therapy, but others were subjected to even more extreme techniques um, like lobotomy. Like having their testicles uh-huh. transplanted. Uh-huh. And lobotomies. And I'm going to go into a few of these. Um, other treatments included shock therapy. Um, a psychiatrist in New Orleans pioneered this technique. Um, he used this form of brain simulation along with hired sex workers and heterosexual pornography to change to change the sexual orientation of gay men. Um, so I just want to like be clear. Sex work and pornography are bad and dangerous sins unless you're trying to be cured from being gay uh-huh really these people all need hobbies like take up knitting i don't know yep um so an offshoot of these techniques was aversion therapy which focused on the premise that if lgbtq people became um disgusted by homosexuality they would no longer experience the same sex desire and while reading about this i thought of that episode of friends where phoebe makes rachel look at the picture of ross and then just slaps her in the head (laughs) (laughs) but so under medical supervision people were given chemicals that would make them vomit when they for example looked at photos of their lovers like of their boyfriends or their partners or whatever um Others were given electrical shocks, sometimes directly to their genitals when they looked at gay pornography or cross-dressed. I mean, again, I just, I just think that this could all be avoided if they had, you know, first of all, mind your business. Second of all, get a fucking hobby. And third of all, mind your fucking business again. Just part two. Like the rerun episode of Mind Your Fucking Business. Mind Your Business 2, Electric Boogaloo. (laughs) So, um, psychoanalysis was also, and sometimes still is also used to try to cure homosexuals. This involves long-term therapy aimed at resolving the unconscious childhood conflicts that they considered responsible for homosexuality. Reparative therapy. Oh, get bent. uh Uh-huh. Reparative therapy, which is often synonymous with conversion therapy, but it actually refers to a specific term coined by psychologist Elizabeth Moberly and Joseph Nicolosi is um, one of these like psychoanalytical forms. Nicolosi asserted that, quote, same-sex attraction is a person's unconscious attempt to self-repair feelings of inferiority. 
No. I'm just going to tell you. I disagree. As a cis white straight man, I'm going to stand right here and tell you that the gays have their lives together a lot more than I do, like collectively. Um, Mm. (laughs) So no, you're canceled, sir. Um, So when all of that failed, the 40s and 50s brought us an even worse form of therapy than I would have thought of on my own. And I don't know why I expect humanity to be any less fucked up than it actually is. So in the 40s and 50s, uh, this neurologist from the U.S., Walter Freeman, popularized what's known as the ice pick lobotomy, which is not as disgusting and also is exactly as disgusting as it sounds. Um, So he would perform a lobotomy where he wouldn't drill holes into the skull, but instead he'd go in through patient's eye sockets. And I'm not going to go any further than that on how it's done because I'm already grossed out. Um, so he's Jeffrey Dahmer, uh-huh. but with a medical license. Well, okay, so cool. He personally performed as many as 3,439 documented lobotomy procedures in 23 different states. And about 2,500 of them were this ice pick method, which he'd made himself, despite the fact that he had no surgical training. As many- need surgical training. As many of his... I'm going to break something. I'm literally looking for something that I can throw against the wall I know. As many as 40% of his patients were gay men subjected to a lobotomy in order to change their sexual orientation and instead came out severely disabled for the rest of their lives. No shit, Sherlock. Right. Um, Jesus. So people of the LGBTQ community had long protested these cruel and scientifically awful forms of treatment. Um, but the concept that homosexuality was a disease was accepted by the majority of medical establishments. This included the APA, the American psychiatric association, which considered homosexuality to be a psychiatric disorder. But in the sixties and seventies, as vocal gay rights movements took to the streets to demand equality, the profession began to turn its back on the concept that people could be converted. In 1973, the APA removed homosexuality from the DSM, um, which is the... Di- I thought it was in the DSM for a while. Uh-huh. Um, which, for those of you who are unfamiliar, that's the Diagnostic Standard Manual. It um, lists all of the um, accepted um, psychiatric disorders and treatments and listen, for them. that thing is taken like very seriously they release a new one like very rarely Uh i think right now we're on the dsm-5 out of all of them yes um and in the dsm-5 they took away asperger's and absorbed it into asd Mm -hmm. and so when they make Mm -hmm. changes there's lots of like research in fact studied yes to get ones yeah i took a class that talked about like how all that it's really fascinating but it's also like that they take that shit fucking seriously. So. Uh-huh. Um, so now of course, taking it out of the DSM wasn't the end of the attempts to turn gay people straight. Um, as LGBTQ visibility, visibility increased, these self-proclaimed experts and faith-based groups took over the practice themselves since medical professionals were stepping out. They called their techniques mm-hmm. conversion or, or reparative therapy and advertised themselves as ex-gay ministers. Not that they were formerly gay, but that they were good at making people ex-gays. I just want to point out that this is yet another thing 
that the medical community has made one stance on. And the Christians are like, we can pray for that. And just like COVID-19 in Texas, it's not working. Nope. Um, so their methods... But what do I know? It's all a myth, right? Pandemic. Right. Yeah. Their methods included everything from talk therapy to exorcisms. I'm sorry, but... Uh-huh. Yeah. Gay is a demon. No, I need you to... <laughs> you I need you to say that again. You didn't know? Talk exorcisms. therapy to exorcisms. At gay... Con- like, legit, like... Like an old priest, a young Catholic- priest, and some... So, actually... Um, there are very few Catholic, like Catholic exorcisms because that has to go through the desk of the Pope, the Vatican. but mm-hmm. several other, um, like forms of Protestantism did their own exorcisms to try to get rid of the gay demon, which they hadn't tried to get rid of the demon in my house that I just moved out of. So I don't know why they thought they had any experience to like deal with people. Cause I think you should start small with like houses first. I just want to know about the gay demon. Like, does he come into your house and he's like, hey. (laughs) He actually delivers the gay agenda. You know, the one that's like 10 a.m. mimosas, 11 a.m. Broadway karaoke. Does he make you vomit rainbows instead of pea soup? Yes. Like, I need to know. I'm very curious about the gay demon. (laughs) So. (laughs) um, He's like, slay queen. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Girl, you are on fire. I... It's just RuPaul. It's just RuPaul. <laughs> oh, man. She's like, sashay away. <laughs> Work it, girl. God, I love that song. <laughs> okay, so um, at gay conversion camps and conferences, um, LGBT oh. members of the LGBTQ community were isolated from family and friends. They're hypnotized. They're told to pray until their homosexuality subsided or a phrase that has been used forever. Pray away the gay. Pray away the gay. Mm-hmm. Um, they were instructed to beat effigies of their parents they were mocked, they were coached on proper gender roles, and told their sexuality was unnatural and sinful. Now, no. these were by the same people who had premarital sex, had extramarital sex, and um, had been divorced at least once, which are all also spoken about in the Bible as unnatural and sinful and unlawful. So, you can suck my dick. Look, if you watch season one, episode one of The West Wing... There's a very good just um, monologue about all the things in Leviticus and how people using Leviticus as an excuse against homosexuality is fucking wrong. So I'm not going to do the work. Just go watch it. It's a great show. Just watch all of the show. Yes. The whole thing. And then, yeah. Um, So for the people who underwent conversion therapy, shame and pain were an undeniable part of the process. Um, Quote, I read books and listened to audio tapes about how to have a corrective and healing relationship with Jesus Christ, writes James Gway, a gay man who attended weekly therapy and conversion seminars as a teen. He says, quote, these materials talked about how the gay lifestyle would create disease, depravity, and misery. 
I was convinced that doing what I was told would change my attractions and confused about why these methods supposedly worked for others, but not for me. In some cases, people were psychologically and even sexually abused. Others completed suicide after treatment. Meanwhile, evidence that any of the techniques were effective remained non-existent. Go figure. Mm. Um, Though the concept of gay conversion still exists today, a growing tide has turned against the practice. Um, At the time that I was... Uh, Yeah, because it's barbaric. As of today, 20 states and um, D.C. have laws that ban gay conversion therapy practices. Um, Let's see. Unfortunately, that is not enough. No, it's not enough. And we're going to talk about that, too. Um, This is another place where I repeated information and I wrote it better further down. So I was scrolling down to find it. Uh, So... Um, so as of today, 20 states in the U.S. have banned conversion therapy for minors. Although, to be honest, as I said, it exists in some form or another in most of them. The states that have laws against it are Washington, Oregon, California, Nevada, Utah, Colorado, New Mexico, Illinois, Virginia, which is the most recent, Maryland, Delaware, New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, New York, Vermont, New Hampshire, Hawaii, and Maine, as well as D.C. North Carolina was proud of itself for partially banning conversion therapy for minors because it passed a bill to not give state funding to conversion therapy anymore. Cool. You know what they just did in Alabama? I have no idea. That wacko governor, she just signed like a bill saying that the Christians can make their own police force. Great. I hate it. (laughs) And notice Texas wasn't on that list. I can't imagine why. I I put, you'll notice a lack of Texas and Louisiana in this list. Shout out to the fucking South for being the fucking South. Yeah. Um, You don't have to tell us we're terrible. We know. Oh, I know. We're trying. We are working so hard. Um, I mentioned that conversion therapy still exists in some capacity in many of the states. Utah is one such state. In Utah, I actually read the law or the rule that was passed, and it protects the right of religious counselors and members of the clergy to pray the gay out of somebody. Um, Shout out for Utah for still protecting that Mormon heritage. But hey, in 1978, God changed his mind about black people, right? So... LDS one day he's gonna like I guess in like 2099 he's gonna change his mind about gays finally so you're getting with the times look not all the LDS believe that he quote unquote changed his mind about black people no, it's I actually know. a thing right now with everything going on uh Utah get your shit together have you uh seen the Book of Mormon or heard the music from the Book of Mormon I've heard some of the music oh, mm-hmm, that's a line and in 1978 God changed his mind about black people Black people. Like, it's one of my favorites. <laughs> um, oh, anyway. The Mormons so, are their own special kind of problem. So among some of these religious groups, uh, one of the most prominent was a group called Hope for Wholeness. Um, it aims for, according to their website, freedom from sexuality through Jesus Christ. From homosexuality through Jesus Christ. And these people make me... From all from sexuality? All sexuality. <laughs> these people make me fucking sick. They quote old only Old Testament scripture to support ideals that are not actually Christian at all. See former soapbox. Um, 
Because I can promise you that they're not donating any of the funds that they're getting to the homeless or to widows or to educating youth or literally any of the things that Jesus said in the New Testament. But we're sticking with that Levitical law. Um, so <laughs> then I wrote my notes. I should probably climb off this soapbox so I can use soapbox to smash in someone's head. <laughs> so yeah. um, the good news is that their website swears they're not anti-gay and they're not political. Well, if it's on the internet, it must be true. Right. So speaking of this particular group, Hope for Wholeness, in September of last year, they made giant headlines because McCray Game, who was the head of Hope for Wholeness, came out as public came out publicly as gay. Hope for Wholeness was one of the biggest conversion therapy camps in the United States. Um he said in his statement, quote, I was a religious zealot that hurt people. Um, he had been fired from the organization two years ago and like it had been swept under the rug. And so he came out publicly to, like a year and a half after um, his firing to talk about what happened. He said, mm -hmm. people said they attempted suicide over me and the things I said to them. People I know are in therapy because of me. Why would I want that to continue? Um, his mm -hmm. ministry had grown to one of the leading forces in conversion therapy under its original name, the truth ministry under a curriculum that he entitled hope for wholeness. The ministry taught that homosexuality is a multi-casual development disorder. Um, it quickly grew as ministries popped up across the U S before adopting the curriculum's name for the ministry in 2013. It has locations mm -hmm. in 15 States or had as of 2019. Okay. Um, prior to this report, he'd come out to a small group of people in Spartanburg where he lived. It culminated when Game, who was raised in a Southern Baptist family, approached the pulpit during a service at a conference for evangelical Christians. He says, quote, I remember walking up to the altar. I look up and there's probably about 300 people around the stage. Um, because in my mind, homosexuality and Christianity didn't go together. And the very first thought was now I can go to he heaven and not hell. Um, so basically he, the same thing that happened to, or like what happened to him was the same thing that happens to so many Christians who struggle with their sexuality is that they're taught that if they say all the right words and they act all the right ways and do all the right things that then they'll go to heaven. And, um, the idea for a lot of Southern Baptist teaching is that if you scare people with hell, then they'll want to do the right things. Um, and that's what happened to him. Mm -hmm. So his mother hired the services of a counselor who promised. I mean, growing up in a Southern Baptist church, it's very effective. Right. Um, so his mother hired a counselor who promised to get to the roots of his sexual attractions. He met with the counselor once a week for six years. And then he met his wife in 1995 and they got married and raised two children together. Um, he did also reveal in this report though, that they are still together and she knows that he is gay. Um, huh. so despite 
fear of backlash, he revealed that it has not been as harsh as he was expecting from the people closest to him, which is nice. Um, Mm -hmm. He said, most people in the gay community have treated me ridiculously kindly, liking me for me now, not who I was. And I hope they just give me the chance to talk to them so I can hear them out and apologize. He's joined a growing number of conversion therapy proponents who have left the practice, um, come out as LGBTQ, and now condemn the practice. He says conversion therapy is not just a lie, but it's very harmful because it's absolutely false advertising. And so I found that story very interesting in that ending portion of that article that said he's joined a growing number um, of people who've admitted that they got into this for whatever religious reason, got into conversion therapy because it was administered to them. And Mm -hmm. that need to not have that wasted or that need to not go to hell or so many of them have so many different but very similar things that they're fulfilling by moving through the ranks of these conversion therapy organizations until eventually Mm -hmm. the burden is too heavy and they have to come out with the actual truth and I don't mean the truth of their sexuality but the truth that what they're doing is not working that it's not right and that it should have never been allowed um right and we're seeing more and more that the the two types of people who are leading these conversion therapy organizations are either people who are so abused and taught to suppress their own personality so much that they play into this game or highly abusive like the people who held Alex Cooper against her will. There is nobody Mm -hmm. in the middle who is trying to do this for the good of a person. Right. And that is the, I mean, because the people who know that it's not good for people aren't going to do, you know, like the people who are trying to do it for the good of a human being aren't going to try it. Does Mm -hmm. that make any sense? I don't know. I feel like I'm talking in circles now, but. um, No, you're you're, No, I totally get it. And I'm just looking up. Um, uh, Glennon Doyle. So she was a Christian mommy blogger. I think her old blog was called The Unveiled Wife. That sounds right. But I'm not sure. And they don't really mention it anymore. She fell in love with, um, but she had a couple of books out. Actually, one of them, her most recent book before um, falling in love with this person um, was called carry on warrior or no love warrior. And it was, a. Uh-huh. It, it talked about how she saved her marriage following her husband's infidelity. Right. And then she went and fell in love with, um, soccer star, Abby Wamba. I had no idea this part beat of this story. Yeah, she, and so she divorced her husband and now she's married to Abby Wambach and, um, what I think is really interesting and I'm reading her, her latest book right now that's called untamed and she goes to therapy and she tells her therapist or her couple's therapist that she's fallen in love with somebody else. Okay. And her therapist is like, no, you didn't like, it's all smoke and mirrors, blah, 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 whatever. Which first of all, girl, get a new therapist. Right. (laughs) Second of all, she tells, so Glennon tells her, I can't have sex with him anymore. It's, I, I don't like it. It makes me ill. I think about all the other women he's been with, you know, et cetera, et cetera. And her therapist looks at her and says, 
Have you tried just giving him blowjobs? A lot of women find that less intimate. Um, you're real fired. You're real canceled. Does she say the name of this therapist in the book? Can we find no. her address? Can, no. Can we? But uh, it, it's. Sorry. It is 100% a thing that people, even if it's not full-blown conversion therapy, people just work it in there. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then, Dude, love who you love. Be gay. Be straight. Be whatever you want to be. God, who fucking cares? Get a hobby. Right. There is so much hatred in this world. I, I crave there being more love. There is so much hate and hurt that the thing I cannot mm-hmm. ever be angry about is love. Yeah. So I just want, like, while we were recording um, in that, I follow that other podcast, Deconversion Therapy. Uh-huh. And somebody posted in their Facebook group, um, quote, do not take part. And it's a meme from, like, a church group. Uh-huh. Do not take part in any of these components of Satan's spiritual structure. They are doorways to demonic dep- possession. Eastern religions, yoga, Freemasonry, Illuminati. New Age religions, the Church of Satan, Scientology. I have to give up Illuminati? Fuck. Rosicrucianism, astrology, tarot cards, Ouija boards, remote viewing, palmistry, voodoo, earth worship, Wicca, cyberpunk culture, divination, meditation, vegetarianism, lycanthropy. I don't know what that is. That's postmodernism. Isn't lycanthropy like werewolf play? Lycanthropy, maybe, sure. Um, backmasking, astral projection, necromancy, rebirthing, Kabbalah, Lord of the Rings, firewalking, levitation, alt comics, vampirism, trilaterism, tri- sure. Marijuana and pot, which they spell marijuana wrong. <laughs> LSD, video yeah, games, lycanthropy is werewolfism. Sure. That's what I thought. Um, Harry Potter, Dungeons and Dragons, Halloween, Fornication, Skull and Bones, Rock Music, Heavy Metal, Burning Man, Twilight Films, Raves and Ecstasy, and Goth Culture. So guess what? We're all going to hell and we're all in good company. Right? <laughs> God. People just suck. People just suck. That's... They do. <laughs> oh. Mm-mm-mm. <sighs> Well, Aaron, it is late. It is. This we are usually recording three or four days before. Uh, this podcast goes live in about four and a half hours. So, yep. um, I'm gonna go ahead and let you go. But first, do you have an idea of what we're watching next week? I do, and now I can't find the paper that I wrote it down on. Hold on, let me go grab it. Okay. 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 What are we watching? Held hostage. It's the one I saw. I heard about on the um, I Survived podcast. Oh yeah. Based on a true story. Very pumped. Excited. It's gonna be good. All right. Well. Um, Friday. Check all of our social media or our website for links to our merch store. Um, Yay! And we will update you as new um, merchandise becomes available. And mm-hmm. um, since Aaron did the rundown earlier, I'm going to do the quick version of the rundown. You can find us at lifetimesentence.com, on Facebook at facebook.com slash lifetime sentence, on Instagram at lifetime sentence, on Twitter at life sentence pod, 
And at patreon.com slash lifetime sentence. If you join at the $5 yeah. level, you can become our close friends on Instagram and get to see our Instagram live next weekend. And don't forget all of our July proceeds from pr- Patreon are being uh, donated to Black Lives Matter. So get in while you can. Absolutely. And mostly thank you for your, not your love and support of us. Obviously we love that, but your love and support of each other. And of human rights and of human beings. Yay. Because both of us live in the convert conservative South. I almost said the convertitive South, which also that. Not it is not the converted South, <laughs> that's for sure. Um, and we are seeing a lot of lack of love for other human beings. So we are so proud of this community of people who um, I thought you were gonna say we were seeing a lot of wackadoodles and I was gonna be like, Yeah, totally. Oh, wackadoodles, yes, and frim frams. <laughs> And just Karen's everywhere. Oh God, everywhere. (laughs) So, all right. Well, without further ado, please do not forget to eat your vegetables. Charge your phone. Bye. Bye. This has been Lifetime Sentence, where the truth really is stranger than fiction. Thanks for listening.